Happy belated Veterans Day to you, Jay. Absolutely happy belated Veterans Day to you as well. <laughs> I am not a veteran, so I do not deserve the uh, the well wishes. You were in the Army, or did I just completely make that up? You made that up. My dad was, though. Your dad was. Yes. Were you in the service at all? I was not. I almost joined the Marines. Oh. There's a story behind that, but... Yeah. I don't know why I thought you were ex-military. Well, never mind. I take back my greeting to you. <laughs> Hi, welcome to the Reality Bites podcast. It's Megan and Jay. Uh, how did you spend your Veterans Day weekend? We did a parade downtown. It was a lot of fun. A lot of oh, people yeah. showed up. I was in New York City for the big Veterans Day parade. That's right. It how was, was that? It was, there's like half a million people there. A little bigger um, than our parade. Okay. And I was just walking because from where I was in New York City over the weekend, from where my hotel was, I was walking to Chelsea. And so I kind of had to cross over Fifth Avenue, which is where they do the parade. Um, but I did get to see some of it. And if there was a crime in New York City yesterday, <laughs> there was no police available to respond to it because they were all right there, you know, for that parade. I mean, I had never seen so many cops before in my entire life. Yeah, that's what I did. Were there tanks involved? I didn't see any tanks. We had tanks like, at our parade. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, wow. So, <laughs> well, there's a military base here, so I'm I guess there are, there are tanks readily available. <laughs> I don't know how you get tanks into downtown New York City. Uh, anyways, the hotel I was staying at did not have TLC, which is a crime against oh, humanity. Oh, no. I know, but I was at the airport last night. My flight was delayed, and so I'm, I'm watching it on my phone, and I noticed this lady. She's like kind of looking over my shoulder, and I was a little bit self-conscious about it because I was like, oh, my God, she's totally judging me for watching this right now and when I was done with the episode she leaned over and she went the old guy with the young girl is just gross <laughs> and I was like I kind of agree with you. Yeah, it was just, it was a long day yesterday. It was a really long day. I didn't get home till about one o'clock this morning, so I'm running on pure caffeine right now. But we are diving into 90 Day Fiance, episode two of season seven. And I will say, I feel like TLC is picking up the pace a little bit. They're not dragging it out quite as much as I feel like they have done in, in the past. past yeah, people are off the planes. They're in their communities They're now. They're arriving in America. They're meeting family members already. Drama's already happening. That's right. That's right. They're diving into it uh, much quicker, which I appreciate. So, TLC, thank you. And uh, who's up first? Oh, what about Robert and Amy from Dominican Republic in Florida? Robert and Annie. Annie. He is a rideshare driver. He met her for eight hours one day. And her somehow her K-1 visa has been approved. Immediately. And she is arriving in the United States. Now, the first thing I will say, that little boy, Bryson, is adorable. He can be. That kid... <laughs> is too much. <laughs> that kid needs some real discipline. I don't remember how old he is, but I was just trying to think, because I have a young daughter, and she was at his age at one point, and she was, I mean, you know, kids are kids. There's only so much control you can have over them because they're just free spirits, but at some point, you got to, like, rein them in a little bit. Absolutely. Every kid has a meltdown when they're tired, and it's past nap time, but when they're waiting for Annie to arrive, and they're on their way to the airport, he was relatively well-behaved. It was at the airport that we saw the little meltdown. It wasn't until they got home later that night that I was like, oh, that's just ridiculous. Can yeah. we just sedate him? I mean, can you, I mean, is that against the, can you give kids Benadryl and just make them pass I out? I don't know if that's, maybe a cell phone and let them play on the cell phone. That's what a lot of parents I'm do. half kidding, by the way. I would never actually drug a child. 
So Annie is arriving from the Dominican Republic prior to her arrival. We have Robert sitting down with a friend of his who is also from the Dominican Republic. And this guy is trying to warn him. I'm from the same country she is. Dominican girls, all they think about is dollars, dollar signs, dollar signs. Bring a girl from DR to, to the United States is insane. The thing is that he seems like he's really loved this girl. When you love someone, it's hard to see what's going on around you. You haven't sent her any type of money. I sent her, I sent her money. I sent her money, but she don't ask for it. I just send it. She don't need to ask for it because you sending it. I'm telling you, man, from what I see, bro, it's not worth it. I don't. I don't, I don't feel that way. I don't feel that energy with her. I'm telling you, man, those girls in DR right now, they can play the game. They can play the game. Good. Until they get that green card. Once they get that green card, it's a done deal. So someone in his life is giving it to him straight, which I feel like in past seasons of the show when we've watched, there have been a lot of friends who have expressed concern and who have raised questions. Right. But we really haven't seen someone be like, this is a terrible idea and you should Get out now and do not go through with this. The friends, and maybe because the friends have seen the show now, the friends are really vocal a lot more than they used to be, it feels like, when it comes to the relationships with the foreign people. I will say, though, you can't always judge, because he said, oh, I knew this one guy. Right. You can't always judge everybody by one person. Sure, absolutely. And you can't make mass generalizations about an entire population of females. My best friend, who was married at one point, I won't say what nationality the lady was, but she tried to stab him one day. Right. They got into an argument. What? She tried to stab Okay, so the point is, is that I don't make rash judgments about everybody from that culture that, you know, they're automatically going to stab you. Right. So, I mean, it happened to but him. But there are some cultures that are more likely. To- <laughs> <laughs> so Robert is sitting down with his friend and he makes this, you know, live and learn and crash and burn or something like that. And I, I when he said it, I was like, what does that even mean? We are going to have to keep a tally on great quotes in the show because Seriously. already we have, if it can't go in your mouth, it shouldn't go in your vagina. That's one. And now we have live and learn, you crash and you burn. Yeah. I'm like, that does not sound like a positive thing to me, actually. <laughs> it sounds like that is actually you, you admitting that it's not going to work out it did kind of sound like that so here we have annie's arrival day he's putting up some decorations in the apartment bryson is very excited they are headed to the airport robert says bryson you know we're gonna have a female in the house now you gotta (laughs) you gotta start putting the toilet seat down he's like what that's nasty i'm like "Mm, the opposite is true though leaving it up is nasty (laughs) they get to the airport and automatically we see robert getting frustrated because it's taking so long for Annie to get you know listen when you get off your flight and you're coming from a foreign country you gotta go through customs, you gotta go through customs and it can be a very lengthy process right. it can take a while to, to clear customs and I thought him talking about how frustrated he was and I'm guessing it's because Bryson was having a meltdown I would hope so it did seem strike me as kind of odd as well as if you know he seems like he wasn't very patient with the situation there are success. situations that will require far more patience right. than this right so she finally comes down the escalator cute moment little boy runs to her Annie and you know they have their moment of all being in person together another thing I thought was interesting is that she right away says that oh I've never had a child I want to raise him like my child this is like my new baby and which was very sweet it's very sweet and something you don't see very often already though we are getting a preview of who Annie is she she says that she has a temper my name is Annie I am 30 years old I am from Dominican Republic I meet Robert on Facebook. He writes to me and I start to talk to him. What's like that? 
And say gonna go to your country. And even though we spent one day together, he asked me to marry him. And I say yes. I am hardworking. I am lovely person. But I have a temper. In her first one-on-one, <laughs> on-camera interview, she, does. she admits that she has a temper. So here we go, the foreshadowing yes. of what is to come. Now, here is my question. In episode one, we saw Robert go to a lingerie shop to buy lingerie for Annie. That's right. While he's at the lingerie shop, she is angrily texting him because money that he sent, she says she's not able to get. Once she arrives in the United States, they head to the apartment and Robert's child does not have a bed to sleep in. Which you would think that would be something you would have figured out way before she got there. Way before. And it doesn't seem like it's a very large place. It's very obviously a one-bedroom apartment. Correct. And A, can you not line up a babysitter for the first night? Right. B, instead of dropping $100 on lingerie, you can go to Target and get a kid's bed, a kid's mattress at least. Could have got a cot. Like, I just, that is where sometimes when you watch a show and you see people on the show and you just think, how in the world do you justify? What are you thinking? buying lingerie as opposed to having a bed for your kid to sleep in and then i had to look back and i realized okay well you know robert is 41 she's 30 and so it's not it's not the largest age gap we've seen but it is a pretty significant age gap and to him you know he might be kind of at that stage in life where uh, a little less effort is required on his behalf to make things kind of work and make things happy where she's a little bit younger you know very attractive girl she is definitely going to want a lot of effort put in it feels like and i don't know if he kind of is going to put that together quite yet so the kid refuses to go to sleep Mm-mm, not having it around like a maniac with no pajamas on he's just in his underwear just in his underoos a little odd as well but okay it might be hot as a parent though do you let your kid on camera knowing that this is a national television show run around in a pair of like right so when tiny whiteies basically when my child was very young you know a lot of times you see uh babies and they'll just have a diaper on and maybe a t-shirt and stuff and i was very adamant against having that situation occur i was like whenever she's in her diaper she needs to have on like some little shorts or pants or something like that and so yes when i saw the kid running around with just nothing but his underoos on on like you said on camera maybe that's something you do in private but absolutely it's just uh, here i am questioning this guy's judgment left and right his decision making process everything so the kid's like jumping all over annie and you can tell she's trying to be as polite about it as she can be but this is definitely going to create conflict between them absolutely she said that it's been a year since she's been with a man she's been kind of saving herself for her husband I don't want Bryson sleeping in the bed with us. Exactly. And he he says he's going to sleep right in between us and she has to be okay with it. This just doesn't seem like... Another thing, he could buy a sleeping bag... Trust me, kids Put the love kid on the couch. Kids love sleeping bags. Let's be real. There are several other options that he could have come up with besides putting Bryson in the bed with them on the first night. There is just a lot about Robert that as as sweet as he appears to be as a single dad doing the best he can to raise a kid by himself, he does not seem like the brightest bulb in the tanning bed. <laughs> and it's going to be a lot of a change when you bring a female into this dynamic. And we already see him in a preview trying to take her clothes shopping at a secondhand store she's is not happy about the fact that all of the clothes there have already been worn and are used so it's kind of like 
His friend warned him, like, this girl is coming here thinking that you are a rich American, and that is not the case. It's not the situation. Well, speaking of people with children <laughs> and introducing children to significant others, oh uh, we have Anna and Marcel. Now, they are both 38 years old. She's from Nebraska. He's from Turkey, and they're both beekeepers, so seemingly they have something in common, which makes this adorably weird. That's amazing. They're both beekeepers. They're... What are the odds? But that's how they met, through a Facebook group specifically for people interested in bees. <laughs> they spend the night at a hotel. He flies into Chicago, so they spend the night in Chicago. And the next morning, they're getting up to make the drive from Chicago to Bellevue, Nebraska, which I Googled, is over a seven-hour drive. Wow. Because it seemed like they were in the car forever. It was like light when they got in. It was dark when they got to her house. You would think that Omaha would be closer. Wouldn't Omaha have a major airport? Well, as far as like an international uh, yeah, flight, right, it's Turkey. probably cheap to fly into a major airport yes. and then get picked up. Anyways, here we go. As they're making the drive, he seems very unimpressed <laughs> as they get away from Chicago and away from the city to be out in the middle of nowhere. What? Mountain. Mountain. Mountains. No mountains over here. What? Yes. It's Pluto, Pluto, Pluto. The Great Plains. <laughs> corn. Corn. So much corn. Ah. And then he puts on the Turkish music and starts with the... I was kind of feeling the Turkish music. I can't lie. He's kind of getting the like, ooh, hey. Okay, well, whatever. I would be like, you're going to have to stop doing that <laughs> immediately. And and so here we are, Anna and Marcel arriving at Anna's house in Bellevue, Nebraska. And first things first, we have to meet the three kids. And he doesn't speak any English. Like, next to none. <laughs> it was such an awkward and weird situation. And I felt like she didn't help facilitate at all. the interaction interaction between the kids like i understand that you know you you can only do what you can do if he doesn't speak much english your kids obviously don't speak turkish there's nothing you do about that but as you being in a relationship with them you knowing the situation you can help facilitate you know kind of mediate a little bit ask them some questions on behalf of the kids you know answer blah 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 at she least did. have the app ready to go so that right. there can be some communication i mean he walks in i thought the oldest kid was was really making an effort to try to engage him in conversation and ask some questions and Marcel, man, what is it about him? Is there something legitimately off or is it just the language barrier? I don't I don't know. It, it is such an odd. I'm trying to think if we've seen an example of this in any of the other shows that we've watched, but I can't really think of anybody who's been kind of this off and kind of not really. He reminds me almost like a Mr. Bean movie character. He does. Right? He actually does. And then all of a sudden, everyone's hungry. Let's have some pizza. I thought he was really rude about yeah, not liking like... the food. And that's where I question, like, is there something else going on here? Like, he just doesn't understand that that's not an appropriate thing to say. Like, right. when I I remember when I was going over to Europe and the guy that I was dating, his mom cooked us this big dinner. Like, I would never be like, <laughs> oh, this is, we have it way better in him. I would never. Right. It's just like assumed that, that you're polite and gracious. And even if you don't like it, you still eat it because it's rude not to. Amazingly, the youngest child thought that he fit in great with the family. I think the little kid <laughs> is excited to be on TV. That's what I think. I think the little kid isn't really aware of what's happening. Later, we see 
Anna, her oldest son, and Marcel meet Anna's mom, Charlene, for dinner. And finally, we have a voice of reason, at least in that situation. We have someone who sees this for all of the potential clashes in culture. And here we have Marcel admitting that his family does not know about Anna's kids. Absolutely. And you guys are engaged, mind you. You guys filed for the K-1 visa under the assumption that you would come here and get married within 90 days. What in... What? I mean, obviously, his family means a lot to him, and he probably doesn't want to lose. Because, I mean, it's a real thing where families kind of disown, you know, members sure, and but, stop talking. But he's 38. He's not 18. Absolutely. He's, he's an almost a 40-year-old man. But I feel like in some cultures, it is a really big deal to be really close with your parents. You know, and we've seen this with other shows where, you know, especially in the Arabic world where their parents, even though they're grown adults and you think they can make their own decisions, their parents are still a major have a influence. Lot of control. They have a lot of control. And a lot of cultures, they still kind of hold their parents in a, a reverence. And well, my dad does still pay my cell phone bill, so I don't have a lot of <laughs> what, Wait a minute. There needs to be another podcast about that. Well, I don't think he knows he still pays it, so <laughs> it's a long story. But no, but my point was just to point out that like, no, so, so I do understand that when it comes to family especially in certain cultures and certain religions there are things that are not as easy as they sound but that being said his plan it sounds like is to marry her and then tell his family about the kids afterwards and it's like you're almost 40 that's that's a terrible (laughs) idea i can see that working i can see that being his best i mean the way marcel is he just seems really weird it feels like that's going to be the path of least resistance just go ahead get married and be like oh mom dad by the way here are my new three stepkids wow I will say the one thing Marcel did um, do that I did like is that he said that he hopes that he would be kind of like a brother to the oldest two and more like a father to the youngest one. I felt like that was really like a really nice and kind of thoughtful way of coming at, you know, kids, especially varying ages. Well, he can't talk to them, so I don't know how he's going to befriend them. But (laughs) anyway, I'm not a huge fan of this guy and his decision making so far. And I'm also not a big fan of her as a mother bringing a guy in to meet her kids that she is engaged to. And he hasn't told his family the truth about who she is in her situation. Never mind the fact that she, as a mom, I feel like should be a way more pro standing up for her children. Right. No, I'm not going to marry you unless you tell your family that this is a package deal. Yeah, I, I can see that. She should probably have stood up to him a little more. And said, she hey. just seems way too just glad that there is someone who is willing to come into her life as a single mom with three kids in Bellevue, Nebraska. Finding someone who has a love for bees the same as you do is not easy. Okay, Megan? I imagine it's not. <laughs> All right, Tanya and Sinjin. Oh, boy. We have two 29-year-olds. She's from Connecticut. He is from South Africa. He is arriving at JFK in New York City, and she has brought her two friends along. So that was right away. Like, I understand them for support, you know, when she's kind of getting ready, getting her to the airport. But yes, when we see her friends at the airport, just waiting right next to her. And involved in, like, every step of the process. I thought to myself immediately, I wrote it down, I'm like, I wouldn't want to come, get off the plane and your two best friends were, like, standing right next to you like have them go stand off to the side taking a video or something where you can't be seen but That's right let us have our moment exactly a little bit of privacy at least a little bit and the whole rose petals on the floor and the guy coming and cleaning up and he's like the boss says this is no good that was hilarious <laughs> and maybe i'm in the minority here but as a female i don't want to walk off a plane and there'd be like rose petals on the ground
on really? that would make me so uncomfortable. Would it, I would really? probably turn around and get right back on the plane. Like, nope, going back to Cape <laughs> Town. Thanks, but no thanks. I'm not into like big shows. It makes me super uncomfortable. And again, it this is role reversal. So this is her doing these things for him. Also, she had champagne at the airport. Is there not? There is definitely <laughs> a no open container law. <laughs> Everywhere except Las Vegas and New Orleans, (laughs) where you can't just open up a bottle Bottle of your own alcohol in a public place like that. Yeah, I thought all, like, uh, I wrote down, she's doing a whole lot. She's very much like, and then she started uncontrollably laughing, which I know was just a response. A lot of giggling. But it was just kind of like, this girl's doing too much. And it seems like she has a lot of high expectations and not in the sense of she just has a lot of lofty ideas of how things should be. And if they're not perfect, she seems like she gets really upset and frazzled by it. Yeah. I don't know that he's going to be able to kind of live up to or kind of match her with the degree of thoughtfulness in her mind that she provides. Well, like you said, even the friends being at the airport and standing there with her as he's getting off his flight was a little meh. Right. But then we get to the hotel and they need a couple hours so he can shower. They can have some alone time. At that point, the friends should have gotten lost. The friends should have. There's two of them. They can go do their own thing. Let them hang out together. But instead, all four of them. Right. Here we go about to hit the streets of New York. Well, she needed the two friends because they had to hold the huge banner that says, thank you for moving across the country for me. I think it said, thank you for moving halfway across the world for me or halfway around the world for me. In the middle of Another over-the-top, very attention-drawing moment where if that were me, I would have been like, okay, you... Put that banner away right now. This is not the time and place for this. I just, I may, I don't know. Maybe I don't like. I felt that. I felt the rose petals. I felt like that was really nice and sweet. It wasn't as sweet because her friends were there, so that made it a little odd. The banner definitely seemed like a like put on the blindfold, and then here we're gonna hold American flags, and you hold a South African flag, and it just seemed like it was a whole lot for whatever you know for show for no good reason. And then when they got back to the hotel, he actually had to ask her friends to leave. Right, like they right. were just gonna like, hang oh, out. Oh, you're kicking us out. Yes, I'm kicking you out. <laughs> Is that even a question? (laughs) So this is another couple where, like you said, I think that's a perfect way to sum it up. She seems like a lot over the top too much and he is going to get very annoyed with that and I think there's going to be a huge personality clash between them as they kind of move into everyday life together in a shed in her mother's backyard. Because it's not like she just has a lot of ideas and opinions. She feels like her ideas and opinions are the only right ones so that's going to be an issue. Absolutely. All right, moving on to Emily and Sasha. Emily's 28 from Portland, Oregon. Sasha's 31 lives in Russia. She is essentially about to have a baby any moment she's gonna bust any moment and where we kind of pick up with these two they're sitting down with sasha's first ex-wife because mind you he is on his third baby mama three kids three different women and he is 31 years old and they go to this restaurant and i finally was able to kind of put my finger on what it is about emily that i find odd okay do you remember Chantel and Pedro? Absolutely. When she, when Chantel does her on-camera interview, she doesn't show any emotion. Right. Everything is very like robotic, monotone. You're right. And that's exactly what Emily is doing. And I can't figure out, like to me, that's not a normal way to speak. 
speak. She is exact. She is like a kind of like a white version of Chantel. And they're sitting there at the dinner table and the first ex-wife is uh, talking about how she doesn't want him to leave. And then Emily pretends to get all upset and she doesn't feel well and she excuses herself from the table. And the whole thing, something about her specifically, and I said this in the last episode that we did, something about her does not feels off to me. It does. And Emily looks a lot like the first ex-wife, first of all. They they bear a striking resemblance to each other. And also, I don't feel like he was doing a good job of communicating or translating what was being said between the two. Because I was very confused. They keep talking about his son, Daniel. With who the first was the first wife, ex-wife. And that one of the reasons why Emily wanted to meet with the first ex-wife is because when Emily and Sasha get married, they're going to be moving to the U.S. and they want Daniel to come. But I couldn't tell if they were talking about on a permanent basis. Or just visiting for summers. Visiting for summers. Visiting, you know, and every once in a while. And the first ex-wife says, well, that would be his choice. When he gets older, though. Yeah. And so it was very confusing. And I don't think they ever really resolved, like, okay, are we talking about, like, you're going to try to apply for, you know, custody in the United States or? Okay. My theory on that is that they know that from an outside perspective, people are going to say, how could you up and move to the United States and leave your two kids in Russia? So this to me felt a little forced in that, oh, no, 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 we'll set up a dinner and make it seem like we really want to bring the kids to the U.S. to live with us. But they never quite clarify the terms of it or when it would happen or whether or not it would be temporary or permanent. And the first ex-wife definitely made it sound a little different than the story we were told about why his previous two relationships didn't work out. First ex-wife says, he left me because he met wife number two. Right. She says, we were together for a year, we got married, we were married for a year, then he met someone else and he left me to be with somebody else. So is he going to leave Emily, number three, for number four? Oh, absolutely. I think there's no doubt in my mind. There's no <laughs> doubt in my mind that Sasha is about that life and he, as soon as he can upgrade, he will. It's like an iPhone 12 coming out. Oh, shoot. Oh, Let gotta me, upgrade. Gotta model. upgrade. <laughs> Take my money, Apple. (laughs) All right, Mike and Natalie, at least they're being teased coming up in the next episode. They are. Mike is 34. He lives in Squim, Washington. Natalie's 35. She's from the Ukraine. We still haven't really met them yet. He has a big secret. Because every couple on 90 Day Fiance has something that they haven't told the other person yet. So what is it, Mike? Just go ahead and tell us what it is. Oh, my gosh. But it does look like things are going to be a little rocky for these two. But buckle up. We haven't even gotten started with them yet. Another couple we still have yet to really meet are Blake and Jasmine. He's 29. He lives in L.A. She's 27. She lives in Finland. I can only hope in episode three we'll get more of, of these two storylines. Right. Something. We also know that Michael and Angela will be appearing on this season in some capacity, although the general consensus is that we've had enough of them. And last but not least... Michael and Juliana. Oh, boy. The couple that is seeming to take the lead become the front runners of the WTF is really going on here. Absolutely. That's all my notes are, like a bunch of exclamation points, question marks. So, Michael's 41 years old. He is from Greenwich, Connecticut. Juliana is 23 years old, and she lives in Brazil. Now, they do establish a timeline that they have been in exclusive relationship with each other for the past two years. Right. So, for the past two years, it sounds like once a month, They have either been meeting up somewhere else or he has been going Going down to Brazil, which is where he is getting ready to go so that he can escort her to her interview. And that will be the final step for them in their K-1 visa process. And they will know if she gets approved for that or not. 
prior to him going down there, he decides he's going to buy her a piece of jewelry. He's going to go to the jewelry store, get her a gift. He shows up and starts talking about red, white, and blue stones, and then green, green and yellow. I'm like, this for sounds like the ugliest piece of jewelry <laughs> it, it, I can really did. possibly imagine in my mind. <laughs> it really did. And he drops $4,000 on a necklace. And while he's at the jewelry store, he gets a phone call from Juliana about how she bought a car on his credit card. And he says, you know, I think it was an impulse buy. Like, I impulsively buy a new color of eyeshadow at the drugstore. I don't impulsively <laughs> buy a car on someone else's credit card. Well, and the thing also is, okay, maybe she needs a car. You know, she's not very uh, well off in Brazil, but he also says, well, it's weird that she would purchase a car when in two weeks... She's she, supposed to be coming here. She could potentially be moving to the U.S. so she wouldn't need that car anymore. It is very odd and very bizarre, and the guy at the jewelry store is so amused by this. <laughs> He's loving it. Loving it. So another thing that we have learned is that she has been denied a tourist visa twice right because there is this question about whether or not she has been working as an escort or prostitute she claims that she is a model and that through modeling she has been able to travel the world and it's been strictly professional however and i don't know if you picked up on this he says that they had to submit a police report absolutely okay well what what was that about (laughs) because you can't just subtly slide that in there well she also said if you heard that yes some of the models when they're out uh, you know traveling the country and stuff like that they do engage in something very similar to i guess prostitution but never her but she hasn't done not me and it sounds like at least the american embassy down in brazil is calling bs on that they're familiar with the situation because he also said that her tourist visa was denied quickly like very quickly uh, shut down we said denied immediately i think he said yeah immediately denied so it wasn't even a process so he is down in brazil because she has her big interview to see if their k-1 visa will be approved so michael does get on the plane he goes down to brazil he's going to be with juliana when she goes to her interview in rio de janeiro and he shows up at the hotel and i will say the first time we meet her she seems like a sweet enough like she doesn't come across as this buy me this buy me that buy me that gold digger she at all she seems very nice did you catch what he said to her in the hotel room you're just a poor brazilian girl when you're here and you're a rich american American when you're with me and that to me I wanted to like reach through the screen and grab him by the collar of his shirt and be like you don't talk to people that way and at least she actually did make a facial expression like well what the f was that oh my gosh yeah that's amazing again gotta put that in the quote wall for 90 day fiance that a was bunch of them. one of the douchiest things I've ever heard someone on the show say and he's admitted that he can be kind of well, look at the guy. I mean, come on. He just, he looks like such a prick, it, except when he's with his kids. He is really good with the kids. He's, he does have great posture, too. I was like, I always want to put my shoulders back when but I'm... But he's so rigid, and he's so, I don't know, there's something about him, too, that looks like he's one of those germaphobes who never wants to touch anything and takes his own silverware places because he doesn't want to eat off silverware that other people have used. The other thing that I thought was kind of interesting is that when they go to the actual interview at the consulate or the embassy and she comes out and she's all bummed out about them asking her if she's worked as a prostitute for the past 10 years it's like but 
that's why your tourist visa got denied twice. So you had to know that was going to come up. And his response was like, can they even ask you that? Well, it sounds like they can because they're asking for a police report. So something has happened in the past, past. which leads them to believe that this is a real potentially shady situation. And after the meeting with the consulate, all of a sudden now he wants to get his lawyer involved. Whoa, I got to ask my lawyer. I'll have my lawyer check it out. Why don't you have your lawyer check out the situation prior to all these meetings and you applying for the visas and stuff like that? Very weird. There are so many questions surrounding these two now. I don't feel like either of them are being honest. And that's my gut reaction my instincts are telling me that they're trying to portray themselves as this purely in love couple who just happened to randomly meet by chance on a yacht party in croatia and they are 1000% legit and everything's wonderful but my bs i smell i just smell like there is a lot more here that we don't know the good news is that whether or not the show decides to show all of that the internet will find out. <laughs> oh, the internet will, yeah. It all will be exposed. The internet prevails every single time. <laughs> episode three of 90 Day Fiance will air Sunday night on TLC. We will be back with a new episode next week. And as always, we would be extremely appreciative if you would find the Reality Bites podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Perfect for airport listening. Perfect for airport listening. <laughs> Rate and subscribe. Subscribe.